This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello, good evening and welcome to Green and White, the weekly Argyle Life podcast. With us this week, we've got Finn. Hi. And we've got Fraser. Good evening. Um, obviously, last week, coming out of that high of uh, being Northampton, it was Northampton 2-1, wasn't it? How, how things changed in a week. A 2-0 uh, <laughs> uh, a, a loss to Lincoln and a disappointing 1-1 draw against Wigan. Um, both featuring you know, very disappointing starts to the second half. Her saw Argyle drop points they didn't need to and miss out on good opportunities to you know just keep the points coming in, keep the goals coming in. But, you know, it's not the end of the world. Um, Fraser, what was your... Have you, have you watched the game or did you listen on radio? I listened to them on the radio. Um, I've caught up with the highlights. Um, I've, I've, a little bit disappointing results, but you know we're sat here after eight games and we're ninth in the table. So, you know, you can't be too disappointed with that. I was one of the fans at the start of the season that was maybe people would say pessimistic and said we should just consolidate this season, you know, not not being a relegation battle, but you know, just keep ourselves to ourselves, stay in the league, play it sensibly, and I think you know after eight games to be where we are, pretty good going to be honest. Yeah, I saw um, I, on what you said. I, I remember seeing a couple of uh, I know the Twitter polls, but I mean, given how Twitter's like the most reactionary and the the one of the most vocal parts of the fan base, um, I think most polls on that showed that people would be happy with mid-table, mid-table approaching top half. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I don't think it's a wild you know, thing to say, oh, I'm, I thought we'd consolidate. I think, I think most people are on board with that. I, I think there's a difference, though, when people actually realise that finishing mid-table means dropping points that you shouldn't, which is incredibly frustrating. But, yeah, I think everyone will sort of move past it quite quickly. Yeah, I think it's, you know, you know Wigan were there for the beating. You know, they were... They, you look at the teams and obviously we all know what they've been going through and, and as awful as that situation is, you know, there were clubs like Argyle taking advantage of us when we were having our difficulties. Um, but like you said, you know, being a mid-table team, that's part and parcel. You know, we could go out and, and beat Ipswich or, you know, Peterborough, um, but but lose to some of, the, some of the worst teams in the division. So I think as long as we finish in that, you know, sort of middle bracket, I'll be pretty happy. Um bit disappointing on 
you know, from what I heard and the little bits I saw and the people I've spoken to, it sounds like we really controlled the game in the first 45 minutes. Um, and then in the, the second 45 minutes, we seemed to completely almost turn off, which seems to be a bit of a, a theme of this season, a little bit inconsistent in between games, uh, which is a little bit odd. But, you know, like, like we said, we're a mid-table team probably, so it's to be expected. Finn, your take, particularly on the uh, poor starts to second half. Um, I mean, in both games, I mean, I, I just want to refer back to, you know, mid-table is, you know, it's a it's a good finish. Um, and I think we've said, you know, numerous times now on podcasts, this looks like a squad that, that could finish mid-table comfortably with the potential to do more. Um, and, and actually, the Lincoln second half, you can kind of understand with, with the, you know, after the game, we found out what happened in the in the day leading up to that, and then you can kind of work out why that would have taken um, take you know it, how would it have taken it out on the players. And um, but I think the I think the Wigan one, the Wigan and the Northampton spells in the second half, um, they they are they are they are um, they are frustrating. I mean, I know we're mid table, like 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 Fraser said. I think that's kind of what you know. Or yeah, what you'd expect, but I, I think yeah, it's a bit frustrating because I think we controlled for so long, and it's kind of a reoccurring theme. We create so many good chances, it just and everyone seems to be missing them. Like, like the goal that we scored wasn't through a good phase of attacking play, and we created many of them on Saturday. It was actually a mistake. Yeah, you're right. Um, like Jeff got great chance. Um, Mayor had a good chance. Uh, Byron Moore had a good chance and Nublay had a good chance uh, particularly at the end we were really Tomorrow starting to pile on well, pressure like, yeah. yeah I think his was tougher than it looked there were a lot of players on the line I used yeah. to, you want him to hit the target that's obviously disappointing but I didn't think I saw someone describe it as an open goal it wasn't really mm. um, kind of I basically I'm just a bit sympathetic to the finish um, I think you said it last season though Nick and I might be wrong here so if I am completely misquoting you I'm well you'll tell me anyway I know um, but I think you know you said that it's this was a period where Argyle it was our last season season before where Argyle were not creating chances but they were scoring a lot of goals um, whereas at the moment we, and you remember you saying that um, actually that's not ideal because it's an element of luck Whereas at the moment, it depends to be the other way where we're creating lots of chances and perhaps not scoring as many as we should. So, you know, those things happen. Hopefully, you know, if we keep creating the chances, if we keep creating those golden opportunities, then the strikers at some point will put one one or two of them away. Um, so, you know, I'd rather be in a position where we're creating lots of opportunities and potentially not scoring as many as we should be than, than just not creating opportunities at all. Uh, yeah, that, because that was that was 2018-19 when I was saying that. I th- in particular, I think it was right after we'd gone on that winning run where we beat Coventry, we beat Southend and so forth. And the point, like you say, that I was making was, you know, we, we were converting some half chances. But th- I think a lot of people, I remember a Charlton fan in particular, I think it was, uh, who who I think said, oh, are we going to do it again? Because the year before we'd gone from relegation favourites to nearly getting the playoffs and he said oh it's just an Argyle thing and I essentially said no I don't think so I think it'll tail off and uh and sadly it did but um yeah and then the other uh, as well as I know it's annoying that we don't put chances away but it's far more fun to watch a team create chances than it is to you know struggle past the ball sterile possession you know 
Mm. It, I mean, it, it, might, it might be frustrating to see the chance go to waste, but it's, it's, it's better than just sort of watching a team struggle to even get upfield, which, let's face it, we've had at times in recent years too. Oh, no, I'd 100% take, uh, take the uh, position we're in now in terms of we are creating chances. I'm just a bit concerned of, well, how are we going to put it away? Because I think in January, you know, it was it was like this at the start of last season and, and you know, our expected goals was sort of free the roof and we weren't putting them away. And and basically, it took Ryan Hardy to come in in January and the return of Luke Jeffcott to, to, to kind of, well, it kind of kicked us on a bit in terms of that, didn't it? Um, and then, and now I'm thinking, well, we've just got, I mean, it will come because we know how, you know, Byron Moore can score goals. Jeff, Jeff Cotton Hardy, you know, probably our two best strikers. Newblay can score goals. You know, Telford can score goals. Everyone can score goals. It's just that everyone's missing their chances at the moment. And I think it's actually when you go through a couple of games of that, it kind of, it can it can build up, can't it? People start thinking, oh, I, I you know, thinking too much when they when they have a good chance. Like, should I place it? Should I smash it? You know. But I mean, the key thing is we did still score. Let's not forget. Yeah, um, it was mean, a good finish as well. Yeah, yeah very good. Really good to see Hardy slot that way because particularly after the Cheltenham game, I was really worried that. Because I remember saying to you that I I know Sam's been saying it's oh he'll get one, he'll get lots. I'm not sure that's necessarily true. Um, that now he's going to go on the goal scoring run. But the point was that, you know, players do go through these periods of scoring lots like he did at the end of last season where he's averaging a goal like every 87 minutes, I think it was. And then, you know, that that stops. You, you go through periods of play where you just can't hit the back of the net. That's just it's basically a statistics. It's just averages, things averaging out. Yeah. It's just life, um, isn't it? Everything. Like, like everything, you go through periods of good things and bad things, you know. In football, it's yeah. the same, isn't it? Yeah, uh, and then, like I said, there's no guarantee that we'll start putting the chances away, but the more you create, the more likely you are surely to score. And like I said, we, we, we still scored, I think, aside from Lincoln, uh, am I missing someone? Has anyone else stopped us scoring yet? Score, QPR, Blackpool. Um, I don't think so, no. Stevenage, no, so, I mean, no, no. oh, Cheltenham in the check trade. but. No. Uh, yeah, we don't really. Count I, 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 don't, I don't really count that. I'm sorry, yeah. I mean, that was a hell of an attacking performance, followed by the one of the worst finishing performances I've ever seen. Hardy could have had five. Jeez, Telford should have had one. It was absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah might be people the worst have display of individual finishing that I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, clubs have struggled to keep us out, and I think you know there's one thing that can't be levelled at Ryan Lowe, and that's that his teams are boring. You know, he's he, he's an exciting team to watch, and and he's not going to sit on a, he's not going to sit and hold back. You know, sometimes perhaps that's to his detriment, but um, you know, we've had our share of more boring managers, and I know I'm one of those to say I'd rather have effective over attractive, but you know, it's. It's going to be. It started a pretty fun, you know, all right season, pretty fun. I think it will get more enjoyable. Um, it's just always going to be, you know, I think to expect your first season in a new division to be some sort of trailblazing, amazing season is is a little bit unrealistic. Um, yes, there's a good opportunity with regards to what's going on with COVID and perhaps some of our competitors not being in the best financial position, but you know, it, it's a long term game. It's and um, you know, we we. We've been in this position before. Derek Adams got us promoted before, and we we played very well in that season. But then then came down the year after. So you know it's 
we want to be in League One and above for the next couple of seasons. We don't want it to be a one or two season sort of journey and then back to League Two again. So um, yeah, we don't need worth, everything overnight. It's worth saying, Fraser, like you said, that you'd rather have um, yeah, effective over attractive. And although, you know, I would actually agree because everyone wants to see their teams get results over playing nice football and not getting results. But actually, looking at the table, we have been pretty effective, really. Um, you know, ninth after, what, eight games? Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I think I'm, I'm right in saying, though, actually, and I think Ryan Lowe would concur, was that we probably we probably could have had more. And, and maybe that's asking for too much, but, you know, if it's there, it's there, you know? And and whilst it's encouraging, it's also frustrating as well. I think it's also important to recognise while we focus on finishing that we must have we play a very open style as it is anyway, so the defence is under a lot of pressure. But when you factor in um, the injury to Lewis McLeod, to the absence of Wooten and Canavan, look at how young and inexperienced and lacking leadership that defence is right mm. now. A Poku, right? Watts, Cooper, Fauna. All, what, 22 and under? I mean, Ameson's only, 20, experience, isn't it? Ameson's only 24 himself. I, it, I'll tell you what, I watched, I remember in particular the Lincoln game. I watched the Lincoln game and I had sound on because I was really keen to, you know, was I going to hear a booming voice? Like, you can often hear Canavan, right? I, and it's not always easy to distinguish, but I didn't feel, I didn't think I could hear many commanding voices. Um, but yeah, like I said, yeah, when you're lacking experience in defence, particularly when you play such an open way, um, I know Argyle conceded two goals against Lincoln, but I thought the actual last ditch defending was not just you know pretty damn heroic, but it was also it was actually very well structured. You know, we we, we did a good job under a lot of pressure of denying a team in a very advantageous attacking position from actually creating a chance for the most part. I mean, look at the goals penalty that isn't a penalty. Yeah, yeah I, I, I like. I, I think we can all. Yeah, at the, very least, at the very least, it's a very soft penalty. Like, I assumed it was going to be one that people were just moaning about because it's a penalty, yeah, but no, yeah. I, don't, I don't think it is. I even got a Lincoln friend who's very partisan, and even he said it wasn't a penalty. That surprised me. I mean, I'm very, um, I'm, I'm one of those that when I when I saw, saw Ryan Lowe's comments, I saw them before I saw the penalty, and I thought, yeah, okay, I know what this is. Ryan Lowe, defective, you know, to he protects his team, he always backs his team, and I thought, yeah, it's going to be Stonewall. And the guy's on almost on the floor before any contact's made. I mean, he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. If if I was uh, if he was on my team, I'd be shouting for a penalty. But um, I think that's incredibly soft. Incredibly soft. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I haven't actually looked at it to say much. I've seen the Argo penalty, you know, a few times. But apparently, they played Ipswich. Uh, they they won one nil um, penalty in like the last yep. t- ten or five minutes, and it was like pretty much the exact same level of contact and the exact same sort of. No, like, no, that one, I think that one was a penalty. It was the same really? player went down, but I think that was a penalty. Yeah, I, I okay. think that's harsh. I don't think the I don't think the player dived uh, what, yeah. on recollection anyway. I'm not maybe, sure yeah, I mean maybe I think it was a bit reactionary was from the Argo fan saying you know he always done it again sort of thing, but he he knows what he's he, you know. He knows what he's doing. He's just, he's an attacking player, or, or I presume he's an attacking player, but he's a player in the in the eighteen uh, yard box that you know referees don't give you. If you stay on your feet, you don't get a penalty. You know, if if there's contact in all, you know, you can you can talk about the morals of the game or not, but in that position, every manager in the league is saying to their players, when you're going nowhere, you've got nowhere to go, you can't shoot. 
just let your body fall down if you feel some contact or you think there's going to be some contact and you never know the ref might give it and in this case yeah. the refs give the penalty and he's got the goal you know yeah. it's he, he's there to win I, the I'll game tell you what, though, team, so. that's no more a penalty than Nuble's dive was against <laughs> Nuble was it was uh, a yeah, small one by comparison absolutely. also then, I think you need a, a very 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 strong win to blow over Frank Nuble <laughs> I mean he is a big boy well, like, well I, I think there I think was also Oh, sorry, on the topic of diving, there was um, someone who got booked against Zorin as well, didn't they? And I remember George Cooper, Cooper. got booked. No, 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 that was um, against um, Cheltenham. Uh, um, against Cheltenham, Cooper got booked for diving. One of the most stonewall penalties I've ever seen. I, I remember <laughs> I sent a graphic to the group chat being like, you can literally see his leg stepping across both of Cooper's legs and not getting the ball. How is this a dive? To be fair, it could that- be worse, boys. We could have VAR. So that, you know, yeah. I should add that the ref did level it up about two minutes later when Cheltenham went down the other end, and they had a stonewall penalty turned down. So that was maybe a bit of guilt. Sorry, Finn, yeah. you're about to say. I mean, I think yeah, one about uh, VAR is you know we're glad we don't have it, but I'm actually um, surprised by the amount of that we've entered the box. You know, entered the corner, uh, entered the left corner and the right corner of the box. We must have we must be enter entering it on average about probably at least five times a game. At the moment, and we haven't got a penalty yet. Um, and and it felt like last season we we were getting it every like once every other game towards the end of you know before the curtailment. W- Wimbledon too. You remember Canavan? I think it was Canavan, or was it Watts? Absolutely flawed. It's so blatant. At, yeah. Right after they scored their fourth, again Stonewall not given. So yeah. you know bad element of luck there again. Yeah. So it just you just reminded me of that then. Um, so there's something that I'm writing up right now, Fraser. You'll you'll like it. It's, it's called the Danny Mayer rule, and it's <laughs> um, yeah. I, I would give too much away. I think it'll be a fun thing, a fun read. But one of the things I've noted is that he can be a lot more street smart in the box because how often do you see Mayer get into a position to initiate contact? How often do you see him dangle the ball with the intent of you know a player sticking out a leg and and tripping oh, him he's got too much control of the ball and the defender is you know basically backing off and saying like i will block the route to goal but not dive in so there are ways i think that he can be a bit smarter about running at an angle towards a player and trying to bring it away from him yeah I think, he's, I think he's too focused on like trying to create the chance and having the space and be able to see everyone and in doing that he's you know, he's causing a separation between him and the defender, which means that he can't get fouled. I think, you know, Danny Mayer's decision-making in the box infuriates me, I'll be honest. Sometimes, you know, I, he, he's got so... He's, for me, he's the most talented player in the team, but he just doesn't use his talents as effectively as he as he should. And there are times when he does that bit where he... As effectively to, towards goal scoring. Should, should I? Just, he's using his talents effectively, just but you mean effectively towards goal scoring, really. He comes into the box... And you're like, he's he's already gone past someone and he's cutting into the box. You're like, right, cross it, have a shot, you know, pass it back to somebody, do something to create a chance. And then he'll try and go past two more and he'll just run into a dead end. And you're like, Danny, come on. You, you did like, so, he's got lots and lots of talent. I know, I know you guys know that I'm, I'm a bit annoyed at Danny Mayer. You're um, a skeptic. He, he's clearly got talent. He's, you know, it's it's obvious he's got talent. I just don't think we're getting the dividends of that talent. No, the goals and assist dividend, I should add. The I, goals I, and yeah. assist dividend, but, yeah. Because when... let's not let's not overlook the fact that the way he plays is very important to our general playing chance creation. We're but just saying you're... that we also want goals and assists from him as well. Yeah, if he's if he is as as, as 
we've led to believe one probably our best paid player and secondly our star player in in sort of air quotes i expect that player to contribute more in the final third now again people it's weird with how Argyle fans react to Danny Mayer and I know people will listen to this and go oh you know people are bashing Danny Mayer they don't understand and all this lot I'm not saying there's a difference between saying is Fraser who is bashing Danny Mayer is Fraser what's your what's your Twitter handle Fraser don't direct it at the website go straight to Fraser at Sam Down Um, (laughs) I think you find it's green Sam something like that but um, I'm not saying and there is a difference here I'm not saying Danny Mayer's a bad player I'm not saying that he's had a terrible season I'm not saying any of that what I'm saying is is that we could get more out of him or we should be getting more out of him he scored two goals in is it 49 50 appearances now and again we're doing pretty well as I've said earlier it's 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 a nice problem to have but I do feel that we should be getting a bit more out of him in that in that final third and you know, last season he was eclipsed by Sarsovic. This season he's been eclipsed by Conor Grant. Those two players are not better than Danny Mayer. They shouldn't be eclipsing him. But you know, I think I think they are, or they Sars had, and I, I think Conor is so far. But the way I, the you know the way I sit on it is basically, um, I think everyone agrees that, and I'm sure Danny Mayer thinks that he should. You know, should be getting more goals. At the you know the amount of chances, um, you know, times he gets in the box and takes around players. But at the same time, you know, I can I can think of at least two times on on Saturday where Danny Mayer's literally basically played played a player through or close to that, and they've just completely missed it. So, so it is harsh, especially on the assist, to say that he's not contributing enough because actually. After he's passed the ball, he doesn't actually have that much influence on the. On I'm not the saying he's. Um, uh, I'm not saying he's not contributing enough. I'm saying that a man of his talents could be contributing more. He certainly yeah. is. You, you know, I think. The, I think the, the way you should put it, Fraser, is this: when I want Graham Carey back. That's the way we should the, put it. Well, well, that, that's, that's, the, that's where I was going. So Graham Carey was the pre, you know his predecessor, his predecessor talisman. And you think about all the times when Argyle was struggling to get a result. And Carey stepped up to provide either the goal or the assist that got us points. Right, I'm thinking in particular like Blackburn away, we you know, and and Shrewsbury at home, where at times when we could barely, we couldn't buy a win basically. And out of nowhere, he slams in a goal from miles out that you know pick up a couple of points and helps us slowly start to turn the season around. Then we go to FC Wimbledon, and the guy runs half the length of the pitch before putting Joel Grant clean through to win it. And sort of that's what you're saying is that in a game like Lincoln when you know we were struggling to create anything all night we had a real problem creating you know, you want Danny Mayer to slam in from 25 yards give us the lead and something to defend well i think yeah i think i think that that is a good point i think it's that and i think that's why Argyle are going to finish around the mid table point i think we've got a good squad i think we've got a solid squad i think we've got a team that is more than capable of that mid table finish and maybe maybe i was a little bit pessimistic maybe we could push on towards the playoffs i think to really push towards over the next two, three seasons towards being in the top, you know, the top areas, we need two or three star players, two, uh, two or three players at this level that are real quality. Um, and I think that that may be where, you know, yeah, Danny Mayer's a very good player, but is he in a, is he a League One elite player? Probably not. I, I, I would say in the defence of Danny Mayer, actually, that, that I mean... I, I hope Danny's like, not listening to this, by the way. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> but I, I, you know, we are a hundred percent. I would think a worse team if he's not in it, right? 
And, yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. Uh, and also, he's he's literally replaced. We've been saying this all along, but he's literally come in for pretty much Limirez and Carry. And like in the last sort of well, say eight. Well, definitely, yeah, basically ten years, really, because we've you know had had some difficulties in there, and we haven't really had. I mean, that amazing squads. Graham Carey and Ruben Ramirez have been pretty much two of the most talented players we've had. And, like, he's, you know, coming in coming in as, like, the star player, he's automatically going to be compared to that. And, I mean, if we got another Graham Carey, that would just be ridiculously lucky, really, because, I mean, he's now a club legend, you know what I mean? And it's really hard for anybody to replicate what he did. Yeah, I think you make a good point. I think, you know, he, he you know, he wasn't helped by those comments made by Ryan though. Um, and again, I, I do want to stress that I'm not saying he's terrible in this, that and the other. Um, Fraser, I think... are you saying that Ryan Taylor didn't score 20 goals last season? <laughs> he was close, wasn't he? Um, but, he's only um, 17 off. Only, only 17. That's, you know, that's closer than Danny Mayer got. Um... <laughs> Fair play. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, it's if we're going to really push on, then it'll be great to see him, him step up. And, you know, I, I'm sure you're right, Finn. I, I'm, you know, for, he's not stupid, is he, Danny May? He's clearly a very talented guy. He's clearly someone that's focused on his skills and what he's good at. He knows that he'll be, there'll be pressure on him to add goals. Ryan Lowe's, a, you know, a striker, it, or was a striker. He's clearly very focused on attacking, and I'm sure he'll be speaking to Danny May about it as well. Um, you know, hopefully he can press on. So I think if we do have a player from midfield that can add, you know, eight to 12 goals in a season, um, you know, and I mean, you know, I know, you know, I'm a big fan of SARS, but I mean, eight to 10 goals from, from outfield play, then, um, you know, it really does help. It really does help you get in towards that top, yeah. top third of the division. I mean, like, Mayer's got, I mean, eight goals, 2014 15, uh, 12 goals the year before he joined us. I think that's uh, his seven best in, season. 12 goals yeah, and one assist, wasn't it? it uh, yeah, I think so. But, you know, it's not like the guy can't score. And uh, I'll tell you what I have noticed in the last few games. He does seem to, and particularly compared to last season, he seems to be shooting a lot more. Yeah, he and does. Yeah. And, and he's been unlucky. Like, he hit an absolute howitzer versus yeah. uh, Northampton. I have no yeah. idea I didn't go in. It looked like it was straight in the top corner. Hit the crossbar against Wimbledon. Yeah. The guy's been taking more and more shots. Yeah. And, like, you even go to Lincoln. The only chance we've created all night... He puts uh, Luke Jeffcott, not you know, through but wide, and Jeffcott to side name. But he's still, you know, the one who's at the very least carved open yeah. the defence. Oh. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really pleased to see that, and I think you know that's what we said because I think he's not being double marked as much now um, in League One because I think well the standard of defending is 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 gen- generally better. Um, I also think like. We we I mean we talk about Tarsovich a lot, but it's because you know Bolton and and thing are kind of the topic it's of the conversation at the moment. We and all fun. like to shit down on the struggling club. People <laughs> did it when we were down. We did it to Portsmouth. We're going to yeah. do it to Bolton. It's just a little <laughs> bit of fun. Yeah, but um, we got so Tarsovich is worth saying. Like I'm pretty well. If Conor Grant's not on the pitch, I can't really see anybody else that that um, is going to take penalties other than Danny May. I mean, you could literally say that George Cooper could, but he's taken one in his career and it's been saved by... Surely one of the strikers. Yeah, whoa, whoa, yeah sorry. What got, you t- I thought I misheard you there. then, Finn. I mean, why not give it to Jeffcott? Why not give it to... Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I don't know where I saw this, but someone said that Danny May would be taking penalties this season. I, 
I don't know. Yeah, but I could tweet that. That wouldn't necessarily true. be true. True, but I mean, what I'm trying to say Maybe is that's that an incentive to try and get Benito to try and win some pens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Sarsovic, Sarsovic got, what I'm trying to say is Sarsovic got 10 or 11 goals last season and about seven of them at least were penalties. Um, and like, I'm, 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 I'm thinking like, if we got more penalties, maybe Danny Mayer's goal, goal, you know, goal tally would go up as well. I think we all know what would happen is that Danny Mayer would miss the first one and Fraser would have a near heart attack. <laughs> Who do we, I, I, reckon, I reckon Frank Newble, purely because I reckon if he picks up the ball, there is not one Argyle player not brave enough to go and take it off him. Are you thinking Paul Watson style? Yeah, like, just, yeah just absolute No direction, it. just everything right. behind it and see if the keeper can keep himself on the Just line. tries to get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. I actually, um, you know, talking, you know, to move it on from Danny Mayer, um, I think Frank Newble or, I'm not sure it's Newble or Nuble. Um, I think we've settled on Nuble, but honestly, big I'm Frank. 100%. Um, I, wanna, I know you're active on Twitter, Frank, please tell us. But, Nuble um, or Nuble, please. He's he's actually, um, I think he had a bit of an inconsistent start, but he's starting to really impress me. Um, I, I'm, I'm liking him. I think that he puts himself about well. I think Lowe seems to, seems to like him. Um, you know, we don't seem to have settled on a front two yet. Um, you know, I, I, one of you, probably you, Nick, will know how many different, you know, variations we've had up front. Literally um, doing that in my head right now. <laughs> probably every sort of combination available, but I, I, I like what he does. Um, and, and I think he's, um, I know there were a few question marks when he joined. Is he a winger? Is he a striker? What's his best position? But I think he's doing all right up front. Yeah, yeah, he's doing, he's doing, he's doing well actually, and um, I think we, I, I personally like to see him get more shots off. But if that's not what he's being asked to do, then he's doing a great job anyway because you know he's holding the ball. I mean, he reminds, he reminds me, or he does remind me of Ryan, you know, Ryan Taylor a bit um, in terms of the ability to bring others into play and hold the ball up. And actually, maybe that is a tactic in League One, given that you know we are now we. Well, last season we were one of the best, um, you know, three uh, teams in the division technically, and now we're not. We, we're sort of, well, looks like we're kind of mid-table-ish, and maybe a more physical presence up top is needed, or Ryan Lowe considers that anyway. I think the answer is six, Fraser. I've six, got Jeff Cod- Jeff Cod- Nuble, Hardy Jeffcott, Nuble Telford, Hardy Telford, Abraham Nuble, Hardy Nuble. I think I he's think also I'd the like- sort of... Um... And you touched on this earlier, and I know it was in defence, Nick, but he's the sort of player that we need some experienced heads in there. You know, someone that could, you know has been around the block a few times, knows how it works. You know, it's great getting these youngsters in from, you know, from Premier League or Championship clubs. But, you know, it's what people that, you know, have been around and played at a lot of teams in the Football League have, have they know how the game works. They they're a bit more you know streetwise, let's say. Um, and and having, I'm sure having someone like him in the squad with Jeffcott will be a huge influence on him. You know, to have someone that's that's had that sort of experience in and around the training ground with him will will hopefully rub off on uh, will rub off on Luke and and help him develop as well. Yeah, I mean, I was surprised actually. I think. People said, you know, Danny May got captain um, at Lincoln just, pro, well, you know, by default really because he was the most experienced player as well. But actually, I was surprised that Newblade didn't didn't get it because I actually think, you know, he, he is he, he's like a model professional. It seems, um, you know, when I've heard him speak, he speaks well. You know, he's confident. 
and that confidence can rub off onto the to the younger strikers, like you said, Fraser. I mean, he's certainly confident, isn't he? I do like how he's yeah, been winding sure. up the city vans. Uh, I'm not sure if model was. professional really fits with his Twitter profile. Um, he's a good laugh, though. He's a good laugh. Yeah. I um, I, 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 it's, it's, it's. I tell you what, is a huge shame is that there aren't fans in the ground because I think he would be the sort of player that really yeah. does play to a crowd. Um, which you know, hopefully, we uh, get to see him, you know, before the season's out. Um, you know, although I also that's know a less likely now, chunk. Isn't it? A fair chunk of Lindhurst fans who would absolutely hate some of his first touches. <laughs> yeah, but uh, most Lindhurst fans hate most things about playing Vargar, mate. They just Very use it. True. As a, they just use it as an excuse to get their weekly moaning. So um, you know, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't listen to them too much. Um. Yeah. The. Yeah, and no, I like. Like I say, I, I like Nublay. Um. I think we. I think we're discussing it on the podcast a few weeks back. Um. I, I, I like the role he's playing in terms of holding the ball up, helping us get up field. That's important. Um, question for me, I suppose, was the question I asked, or Sam and I were discussing at the time was, is that a better style than, you know, not having it? You know, it is all well and good having a player helps us get up field, but what if we can get up field without him and we're just limiting our attacking firepower? Particularly in the season, he didn't seem to be getting on the end of many chances. So that has changed in recent weeks. I've noticed that, you know, he has been getting on the end of chances against Northampton. He had all of our chances. I don't think Jeff got properly out of shot. And then he had a couple of efforts against um, Lincoln when Abraham didn't have any. It's worth it's worth saying, like, he, he said himself when he first came in, he's literally spent the last um, few, you know, few years playing playing out wide and he had a he had a you know a big contract offer or at least an extended contract offer at a um a, another league another league one club when he left oh, Colchester. Really? Yeah, um in his interview but he took oh no it was on a podcast he did with someone. Yeah yeah that, I know what you're talking about. Yeah and he and he said that that was about three years I think and he came here one year because he knew he was gonna play up front pretty much. And um and yeah, I mean, it's paid off. It seems to have paid off for him, and he's, you know, he, yeah, he has improved at getting in those positions. And obviously, you know, I mean, he's only been here what one, like, uh, how many, how many? Well, about a couple of months, really. So, I think um, one thing I'd like to see, not not from him, but from from Ryan Lowe, is is to learn from the uh, Ryan Taylor, Freddie Ladapo situation. You know, we've got a mix of strikers. Um, and they, they're all quite different. Um, there's no reason why we have to take two and just settle with two. You know, there are, you know, there's quite a big difference in the sort of teams that there are in this division. I think, you know, there's to answer your sort of question, I suppose, Nick, there's no reason why we can't alternate and switch and change things up depending on the opposition. If we are playing a you know good quality team where perhaps we need to just, you know, have a player that can hold the ball up and give the team a bit of a break, give them a bit of a breather, then then Newblade's fantastic at that. Likewise, you wouldn't use Telford for that role. Um, so, you know, I think hopefully Ryan Lowe's sort of seen that. He obviously likes his strikers. I mean, he, he signs enough of them, but hopefully we do keep on switching, keep on changing. And and, and it's not a thing that enough managers know, do, I, really. I, I'm not so keen on that because, it, you know, it can disrupt the flow. Of, like, I mean, I, I think you can change you like, you keep changing for that, then, you know, you could, you, that means you have to sacrifice someone who otherwise might, you know, be building a partnership or whatever. I, you've got to be careful. I don't think it's always as simple as, you know, changing. You don't want to do it too much. 
Personally, I think you can change the majority of the team, but actually, if the front two are doing well, then the front two are doing well. And, like, you know, strikers are, you know, well, everyone's, most people are confidence players, but, you know, specifically strikers. And, um, you know, they thrive off goals. Uh, and, you know, a lot of strikers, if they don't score a goal in the team, a goal in the game, even if the team wins, they go off. Um, I, I know a story about, say, like, Ruben Nistel, where they always said he didn't care if, if the team won if he didn't score. You know that was a bad day for him. So, yeah. <laughs> do, do you know? Do you know what's bad though? Do you know what's, what's sad? Right? Is that we all know that when the season's up, he's definitely joining Wickham because he could not be any more of a like Gareth Ainsworth bred player if he tried. Sadly, he'd have to play on the wing. But Ainsworth loves playing big, strong strikers on the wing. Like he, he is like designed for. Well, yeah, but it looks like they're getting relegated to League One at this rate. So if we, <laughs> you know. Okay, right. Predictions. Um, oh, who, who do we have tomorrow? Doncaster. 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 Honestly, I just at slipped home, my yeah. mind. Doncaster at home, and then it's Accrington away at the weekend, yeah. isn't it? But looking very likely to be called off at this point, considering they've had two games in a row called off, and I can't see that and changing. And then Swindon after that, actually. So we might have a whole week of just not playing football, which might be yeah. beneficial, actually. Yeah, hard to know. So okay, let's let let's let's leave Accrington out then because I think well it, it's looking more likely than not that's being postponed. Doncaster, what are you thinking? Fraser? They're just above us, aren't they? And they've got a game in hand on us. So good team. Um we've still by looks of things might have a few remnants of COVID in the camp. I take a draw. Um it's going to be difficult, though. I think if we play like we did in the second half against Wigan, from what I've heard, it, it's probably not going to end well. But, you know, we, we've played some good football. So I'm going to go for, after I've sat massively on the fence, uh, one all. Finn? Um, I mean, yeah, I, I sort of concur with what Fraser says. They are, they're above us. I don't really know too much about them, but I know that, you know, I like Darren Moore as a manager. I think he's, yeah, very good. Um I actually think um, I'd like to think after two uh, drawing a loss. Yeah, we haven't lost two in a row under Ryan Lowe, but I think his teams are ones that like to bounce, bounce back pretty quickly. And we haven't won away, and all of our you know games that we've won have been at home. So I'd like to think we just edge it. So I'm going to say two one. I am very apprehensive because of <laughs> the sort of lack of defensive leadership and so forth. Um, you know, I really didn't like Poku in the centre of defence. And I think if you look back at all of Wigan's chances, he looked lost. Um, like, uh, going back to the first one, the one which Cooper punches away, the, 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 like, even the goal, he steps forward. If you go back and look at Wigan's equalising goal, notice how Will Keane is completely unchallenged. You know, if, if a Poku holds his position, he jumps and heads that away. What happens is he, he, he's, he's really keen to sort of play left centre-back. He's sort of eking towards the ball and he doesn't need to be. He steps forward and allows the ball to go over his head. If you look at the two Wigan chances previous, like even look at look at the disallowed goal, the one which we didn't even mention that, the one which uh, went out for a goal kick. Um, why is a Poku doubling up with Watts rather than getting back to be in the centre where you know Canavan would be to head the ball away? And you look at when the ball goes in, Apoku's barely even in the box. He's stood there watching on the left still. And that happened four times for me, four times when he should be in the centre, getting ready to head that ball away, you know, as that stable, calming central presence. And he just wasn't that at all. So I'm really apprehensive about the defence. Doncaster, 
we preseason prediction we thought they weren't going to do very well, but that was very much based on the fact they looked like Benjamin Whiteman was going to go, but he stayed. Um, and they've had a couple of players in good runs of form. They brought in a guy called Josh Sims from Southampton, who's pretty skillful. Um, I think they'll beat us two one. Oh, well, that's a cheery end of the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to change my prediction. I'm going to go 3 0, Frank Newblay hat trick. Boom. Nice. Danny nice. Mayer. No, no, change to Danny Mayer. Danny Mayer's going to score one. I mean, <laughs> if, you, if you're making it up, you may as well just chuck Danny Mayer score in there anyway, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, right. Sorry, sorry for that. Sorry for that. That's <laughs> negative ending. But, um,. Thank you all so much for listening. It's been uh, Green and White. And uh, fingers crossed by the time you're listening to this, uh, we're hours away from an imminent Argyle victory. All right. Cheers, everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.